My name is Tessa Crump, and we're taking over. My name is Jake Zimmer, and we're taking over. My name is Elijah Utt, and this week, we're taking over. Hello, my name is Aiden Spencer, and we're taking over. My name is Ian Simsic, and we're taking over. Hi, my name is Alexa Vidor, and we're taking over. I'm Grayson Massey, and we're taking over. What's up, you guys? My name is Brooklyn Pelkey, and I'm the high school director here at StorySide. And if you haven't heard yet, we're taking over. Good morning, StorySide. It is student takeover this morning. Where's my students at in the building? We are excited for this morning. They have drank probably 25 Dunkin' Ice coffees. They are ready to go. We're really excited. Wasn't that an amazing time of worship this morning? They did amazing. I love seeing our students up here. If you guys have not been to a student takeover, the students are everywhere. They're like ants. They're literally everywhere in the building. I yell at them all the time to get to their places, but they don't listen to me. Um, like I said, my name is Brooklyn Pelkey. I am the StorySide High School student director. Um, I'd like to say thank you for this opportunity. I love my parents, our lead pastors. I love serving under them, not because I have to, but because I get to. Um, and thank you guys for entrusting me with your kids. I know it's not always easy. I love them very much. I am basically their other mother. They always tell me that I'm yelling at them or I'm nagging at them. So now I know how you guys feel. Um, but I love them. I basically birthed 50 of them, all of them right here. I love them, and I'm so proud of them. We are going to be speaking out of Luke this morning. If you guys would like to continue along with us in our Gospels with Luke booklets whenever you receive them, whenever you came in. A few things about Luke is Luke and Acts make up one-fourth of the New Testament. Luke uses history and historical markers to prove that Jesus truly came and lived among humans. He uses leaders, locations, and timelines to point us to the truth. Luke will write that anyone can be saved. Acts 2.21, Luke writes that everyone who calls on the Lord can be saved. Are you guys thankful this morning that Jesus came and saved us? Our text today is out of Luke 3, verse 3. And he, John, went into all the region around the Jordan, proclaiming a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. He said, therefore, to the crowds, and that came out to be baptized by him, you brood of vipers, who warned you to flee from the wrath to come? Bear fruits in keeping with repentance, and do not begin to say to yourselves, we have Abraham as our father. For I tell you, God is able from these stones to raise up children for Abraham. Even now the axe is laid to the root of the trees. Every tree, therefore, that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. And the crowds asked them, what then shall we do? And he answered, whoever has two tunics is to share with him who has none, and whoever has food is to do likewise. Tax collectors also came to be baptized and said to him, teacher, what shall we do? And he said to them, collect no more than you are authorized to do. Soldiers also asked him, and we, what shall we do? And he said, do not extort money from anyone by threats or by false accusation and be content with your wages. The easy to read version, which is the version I read, short and to the point, 
John went to many places near the river Jordan and spoke a message from God. You have done many wrong things, he taught everyone. You must turn away from them and change. Everybody say change. And change how you live. Then God will forgive you and I will baptize you. The definition of change is to make or become different to transform. So as you hear students speak today, they are not speaking of food or tunics or taxes. They probably don't even know what taxes are, but they are speaking of real life change and what God has been doing in their lives. Repentance matters to God, and it's really important that we all turn away from what we do wrong and change matters to God. 2 Corinthians 5.17 when anyone belongs to Christ, they become a new person. Their old way of life has gone and their new has begun. Is everybody thankful that our new life has begun? <laughs> Jesus gives us a fresh start and he makes our broken pieces beautiful. So as they share today, let's be engaged, let's lean in. Maybe you wanna raise a hand, maybe you wanna clap. I know I bawled my eyes out the last service. My eyelashes aren't supposed to get wet for 72 hours and I just kept dabbing them because I was a mess. So I don't know, they want me to crowd surf. We might go crazy up here, but I just encourage you guys to lean in. And we're gonna introduce our next speaker as they come to the stage. Good morning, StorySide. How are you guys doing today? Well, my name's Cameron Buford. I'm 15 years old. Uh, I just want to thank uh, the pastors, everyone on staff here for the opportunity to uh, speak today. And so I'm just going to be talking about how I'm growing in my commitment. Uh, before we start, I have a little bit of a joke. It's very off topic, has nothing to do with what we're talking about today. So how does NASA organize a party? They plan it. <laughs> so yeah, um, my name's Cameron Buford. I'm 15 years old. Um, I'm just going to tell you a little bit about my story. So um, about five years ago, four years ago, my parents start to split up. Um, at first, I was 10 years old. I didn't really understand what was going on. But as time came, I, I started to understand everything more and more. And over time, I just grew angrier. So I was just, I was a really mad little kid. Um, I didn't understand why. So I was like 12 years old going to counseling. I, I didn't really know what was happening, but I felt like it wasn't working. It just felt like I was stuck in this deep hole, this unfixable hole, just like brokenness and anger. And so summer came around. I was, I was arguing with my parents a lot. I was, I was picking fights that didn't need to be picked. And... The summer internship came around here at StorySide. It was my first year, first year doing it. I was kind of nervous. I didn't know what to expect, but um, my dad made me do it. Um, and so, yeah, I came in. I, I made a lot of friends. I grew closer to the people here, and it just felt like I was somewhere like I wanted to be. Like, I was genuinely happy for the first time in a while. Like, I, I enjoyed worshiping God. Um, it was my first time actually, like, being in church, raising my hands during worship, like, understanding what was actually going on. And so that same year, I went to SciCon too, SciCon Central Youth Conference, probably one of the best experiences ever. Um, I came back, and I was like a completely different person. Like, my, my intentions were to serve God all the time. I started coming to church every Sunday morning, every Sunday night. I was helping out in whatever way I could. But over time, 
things at home started getting a little bit iffy again. I started I started back into some bad habits. I, I was hanging out with friends that I knew like I shouldn't be hanging out with. And I started, I just fell right back into the same hole where I was before, just like angry and, and broken and alone. It got to the point I pushed everyone, I pushed everyone away. I was, I was in my room seven hours a day. I came out to eat and use the bathroom. And I was really sad too. I, I probably listened to every Adele song that there is. I probably know, I know every song by heart um, at this point. But yeah, so I just fell back into bad habits. And when that happened, I drifted away from church. I stopped coming on Sunday mornings. And the only reason I came to youth group was to see my friends. So I didn't, I didn't have an intention. I lost all motivation to follow God. And so then this year came around. It was a little bit better than it was in seventh grade. I wasn't, I wasn't as bad of a kid. Um, and I, I, st- I did internship again, but I didn't, know, I didn't know what to expect, you know? It was kind of just like a time filler, like something to do for the summer. And the first day, or one of the first days, they had us write down, like, what we wanted to get out of internship, what we, what we were expecting. And sitting, sitting through worship, not sitting through worship, standing through worship, singing, and just sitting through a message, it made me realize, like, this is where I need to be. Like, I miss this. Like, this is where I'm happy. This is where I need to be. This is when I'm at my best. And I remember writing down that I wanted to stay close to God. I wanted to keep a strong relationship with him. Um... I w- so I found this scripture. It says, it's John 15, verse 4. It says, remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. And so I just wanted to, I wanted myself to remember that, like, through all my struggles, I didn't need to run away from God, but I needed to run towards him because that's, that's, that's what he's there for. He's there to help me get through these things. So yeah, so now I'm here. Uh, Brooklyn has me up here talking. Um, so as I'm closing, I just want to ask you, what in your life needs to change so that you can commit yourself to God? Is it an attitude? Is it the people that you're surrounding yourself with? Is it the things you're doing outside of church? Whatever it is, just know that if you give it up to God, he can work miracles in your life. Thank you. Morning, Storyside. I am so excited to be here today. I'm so happy to be in God's kingdom. Okay, so if you didn't know me, my name is McKenna. I am 17 years old, and I go to Lexington High School. So recently, my parents have been teaching me a lot about investments. For a 17-year-old, you that's probably not the most common topic that you want to talk about. But I've been learning a lot about it, and so... My parents um, have recently started investing in vacation rentals in Florida, and I just made a pretty big investment of a pickup truck. And so I'm sure because we all live in Belleville, we all own a pickup truck, right? Yeah, so I was, I learned how to drive on an F-150, and then I got downgraded to a 2002 Malibu. So I definitely needed a new truck. Um, So if you didn't know, right now the used car market is horrible. Prices are through the roof as they can't get much trucks in. Um, So I had this goal for myself to be able to buy a truck by my 17th birthday, 
But because of prices, I really couldn't do that. It wasn't an attainable goal. But I was so focused on this goal that I stopped giving back to the church and investing in the kingdom. So one night I was praying um, and I just said, God, I just want a truck. I just want a simple truck. So um, God told me, give back to my kingdom. And I was like, are you crazy? Like, have you, have you seen these prices? Um, but God reminded me of Proverbs 3, verses 9 and 10, and says, glorify God with all your wealth, honoring him with your first fruits, with every increase that comes to you. Then every dimension of your life will overflow with blessings from an uncontrollable source of inner joy. So that night, my dad went on Facebook Marketplace, and we found a truck that exceeded all of my expectations. It is beautiful, and I love my truck. Touch my truck, and I might have to hurt you. But <laughs> here's the thing um, about my truck. I love it, but it's only an item. It's just a thing. Eventually, my truck will die and be worthless. Uh, Matthew 6:19 says, don't keep hoarding for yourselves earthly treasures that can be stolen by thieves. Material wealth eventually rusts, decays, and loses its value. Eventually, my truck is going to get rust spots. It's going to need new tires, and it's going to need to fill up the gas tank. And man, gas prices today are not fun. <laughs> but this is why the greatest investment that you could ever make is in the kingdom. And not just money, but your time as well. I started serving in our um, special needs program. And I can safely tell you, these are the happiest kids that I have met in my entire life. No matter what the world thinks about them, they are so happy and they are so excited to come to the kingdom every single day. So what I really want you to get from this um, is by tithing, you're not just putting money into building a new basketball court or a kid's ministry or fixing a hole in the roof. You are investing in students going, being able to go to SciCon and um, internship, and you're really investing in those moments where I've been kneeling right here, hands raised, both arms up, just giving it all to God. And that is truly the greatest investment that you could ever make. Story side. My name's Tyson Curry. I'm 18 years old. I just graduated from Mansfield Senior High School. So nice to see everyone's pretty faces out there, except Graham. <laughs> Today I'm just going to be sharing with you guys a little bit about how I've changed since I've been coming to church and a little bit of the steps that has brought me to where I am now. Um, so my first time at Storyside was last year in November. I'm not sure what really pushed me to come to church, but I knew that I had a few friends who came here, Graham, Nick. And um, so I just asked them if I could come with them this one week. 
And I mean, clearly by judging what I'm doing now, I did not regret my decision. I, I love it here. It's a great environment. So this past month, the month of June, it was actually probably like one of the greatest months of my whole life. I feel like in this past month, I've grown closer with God than I've ever been before. I've done um, the StorySide internship and also attended the um, summer camp. Um, I'm not a crier, but summer camp definitely sent me over the edge. I um, think it was my second time crying. or No, it was my first time crying this year, and the year before that I cried about twice. So I'm not a crier, but I don't know. I just... It definitely shows me how much closer I've gotten with God and just the things he does for me. Um, I think one thing that he's changed for me quite a bit is the way that I handle harsh attitudes, bad languages, like mostly within my friend group. I don't know if we're just toxic or what, but we're always arguing something going on. And I mean, typically I'd come back like right with the same energy. They're cussing at me. I'll just go right back at him with it, but I don't know. I'm not really like that anymore. I just sort of try and calm every situation down any way I can and just, I don't know. It gets hard sometimes, though, because I feel like sometimes maybe they don't take me serious. Like, the person I used to be, I, I truly feel that I'm a lot different than what I used to be, and I just feel like they don't take it serious sometimes. It's a little frustrating, but just pray about it. It gets me through anything. Um, I want to share a verse of scripture. It's out of Proverbs 17:22. Says, "A cheerful heart is good medicine, but a crushed spirit dries up the bones." I love this verse because it's like it's pretty much telling you having a bad attitude is just brings nothing good. Bad relationships, internal bad feeling overall, it just does nothing good. Um, so I have this quote right here. I actually got it from one of my friends. He's like one of the hotheads in our group. I was with him um, about a week ago. He was cleaning my car for me. <laughs> anyway, he, um, I texted him that day, just checking on him, seeing how he's doing or whatever. And then he said he was good. So I got to his house, and he was, like, in a crappy mood. I'm like, dude, what's going on? He's like, I don't know. I'm just in the mood. And then um, I'm so surprised that this came out of his mouth just because of the person who he is. He said... You cannot change what happens in this world, but one thing you can always change is your attitude. And I, I felt that. I felt that. But another big thing I feel that God has changed in my life is definitely my trust and faith. Um, so as you know, I just graduated. About the last three, four months of the school year, I was absolutely terrified because I still don't know what I want to do with my life yet. But... um. The faith I put in God has definitely increased so much, and I just, I'm not really worried about it anymore. I'm just, whatever happens, happens. I trust that it'll take me on the right path. And um, out of this note, I went to one of my friend's graduation parties, and she had wrote, you know, thank you letters or whatever. I just want to share one thing from it real quick. She started it off, she said, Dear Ty, I just want to start off by saying how proud I am of the person you're becoming. You're really putting all your 
trust and your faith, and it's really showing. You're becoming an even better person than you were before, and I'm very proud to call you one of my best friends. I absolutely love this. I love that she said this to me because, I don't know, like I said earlier, sometimes it's kind of hard. I feel like they're not really taking me serious or whatever with my faith and where I'm going with it, but she's clearly seeing it. And I know this is just one person, but you got to start somewhere. One person can lead to 10, 10 leads to 100. So I'm just super glad that she can notice the change in me. And um, I found myself praying like almost every night, like, God, please just help me reflect you every day. And so by this note, I know it's working and hope to only go up from there. Thank you. Storyside. Um, my name's Ariah Buford. I'm 12 years old and I go to St. Peter's School. Um, I'm so grateful for this opportunity. <laughs> um, I'm going to be talking about my thoughts and how they affected my relationship with God. Just a little bit about my story. Um, in 1 Timothy 4:12, it says, "Let no man despise the youth, but be an example of the believers in word, in conversation, in charity, in spirit, in faith, and in purity." When I was younger, I used to think that I was too young to be such a strong believer in God. I would uh, come to big service and I would see my dad lifting his hands in worship and I'd be like, I'm too young to do that or like people are gonna look at me weird. I was like, younger kids aren't like worshiping how I wanted to worship. Um, so it wasn't okay. So I would limit myself to what God could do in my life at such a young age. Um, the definition of a limit is a point or level beyond which something does not or may not extend or pass, or a restriction on the size of something possible. I think everyone has limits in life. Some of my limits were joining sports and feeling the pressure of having to be perfect at it. Um, I would think that my teammates would hate me if I messed up even something little. <laughs> I messed, um, I tried to keep my grades up this year and um, I struggled <laughs> with it. Uh, could have gotten grounded a couple times, but I didn't. I didn't get grounded. <laughs> um, and just being able to fit in. I went to a new school this year, and it was really hard. I didn't have, like, any people I knew, and I just wanted to fit in. Um, so even just looking in the mirror, like, in the morning, like, not loving how I look, all the struggles we deal with can get overwhelming. Then whenever we go through a struggle, we put up a barrier, or even sometimes other people put the barrier up, thinking that the barrier will protect us and keep us safe forever. But in reality, going through hard times allows us to grow into something stronger and more powerful to fight off our battles. Um, my question for you today is, are your thoughts stopping you from having a good relationship with God? Um, I like flowers, so I'm going to use it as an example. <laughs> Um, so a flower starts as a seed, and when it breaks open, roots start to grow. The roots take up all the nutrients and food for the plant, so we will picture the seed is you and your abilities, and then the roots are God that holds you in a firm foundation. The plant is fine and everything is going perfect, then comes the dirt that limits the plant for a period of time. 
I don't know what your dirt is. Maybe it's anxiety or depression. It could be a family member that's holding you back. Maybe you didn't raise a hand during worship because your friend was beside you and you didn't know what they would think of you. Um, when we see dirt, we always see it as a negative thing. Um, but in reality, without the dirt, the plant could never grow. Maybe you're feeling stuck and you don't know how you're going to get through the situation you're in right now. 2 Timothy 4.17 says, But the Lord stood with me and gave me strength. This year with internship and summer camp and just generally surrounding myself with people who love to serve the Lord, I'm seeing myself, I've changed my positivity towards people. I'm growing in my faith. I'm learning how to love myself. I'm surrounding myself with people who will make me a better person so we can grow together. I'm being more involved with the church. I'm not saying I have to serve anymore, but I get to serve the Lord. Rick Warren says that the deepest level of worshiping is praising God in spite of the pain. Sometimes just taking time to pray about the wrongs in life and worshiping the God who holds his promise is enough to get you through anything. So how are you going to change? Are you going to push through the dirt? Thank you. Story side. My name is Graham. I'm 17 years old and I attend Mansfield Senior High School. This morning I'll be talking about boldness and our faith and ways to achieve this. So, for me, being bold in my faith was hard when surrounded by people with different opinions and having the fear of being judged. In my situation, it would be at be school where it was hardest to put my faith out there for everyone to hear but that's where I could reach the most, that's where I could reach out to the kids my age and relate to their situations easier. This summer through internship camp, serving on Sundays really helped me to be bold and proud to serve. With this involvement in the church, it brought lots of comfort knowing I wasn't the only one trying to better my relationship with God. It helped me being surrounded by people my age trying to reach the same goal and having them push me to better myself. Uh, before this year, I wasn't involved and was just going every Sunday with my parents like I have my whole life while attending youth group on Sunday nights. But serving at the church has strengthened my relationship with God and it gave me a way to show people my faith with actions. Where where can you show people your boldness and your faith? Um, we all have many opportunities to share our faith with others, whether it's at school, work, or even to your own family. But we often miss out, miss out because we're scared of what people will think or we simply don't know how. You don't have to know the whole Bible to do this, but just share your story because there's a lot of people that may be going through the same thing you did. Um, what does being bold in faith look like? Everyone will have a different way of being bold, but that's okay because God has you there for a reason. One thing where I believe you will grow in boldness is when you stop being comfortable and challenge yourself. 
Uh, this will look different for everyone, and some will move on to bigger challenges faster, but we all have the same goal in mind. Being bold is simply following God's path and standing up for our faith no matter what hardships we may face. How can we achieve this boldness? There's a few ways you can do this, and it's all going to take some time. First, I would ask yourself, how bad do I want to be bold and share about God? We should all want to have a heart on fire for God, which can come from a great experience, but it's hard once you get back to your daily life. To get this back, we should ask ourselves, what is really important in our life? We need to make God a priority in our life, whether it's praying or reading the Bible daily. Another way is to simply pray for boldness in your life and know the truth of who he created you to be. And when you do that, he will work through you in many ways. Lastly, is to fear the Lord, and then we will use that as motivation to share the gospel. When our lot, when, when we know of his holiness and authority in our lives, we should feel compelled to share with others. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Story side. Alrighty, hi guys. My name is Cora French. I'm 17 years old and I'm going to be a senior at Danville High School this year. And I wanted to share with you guys how God has changed my perception of beauty. So when I was younger, my parents got divorced. I was really little though, so it wasn't like super traumatizing. But um, my dad and I were not each other's favorite people because he was a very manipulative person, so I did not let him manipulate me. But he also lived in fantasies, and he more often than not dragged me and my sister into them. And don't get me wrong, I'm not saying that you can't have fantasies about what your future is going to look like, but you also can't tell your young daughters that you're a pirate, <laughs> because the younger daughter will believe you, and she... um she will argue with the older kids on the bus that you are in fact a pirate. And that is a true story. So shout out to my younger sister for that. Um, <laughs> yeah, it was, that was more traumatizing than the, the divorce. <laughs> um, so, so my dad had these fantasies in mind and some of his fantasies were how my future would look and so he compared my future to other people's futures, and he also compared me to other people. So I think that from a very young age, it was instilled in my mind that I was supposed to be comparing myself to other people because I think that if I got to a certain point, then I would be good enough or worthy of something. So eventually, I was able to move out of my dad's house, and my mom got full custody of me and my sister, but we had also just moved to a new school when I started middle school. And everyone knows that is the most awkward time in anyone's life. And I was super weird. I'm <laughs> not going to lie to you guys. I was so weird and awkward. And the boys at this new school were making sure that I knew that I was weird. And they even went so far as to say that I was ugly. 
And so after leaving my dad's house where I was being compared to all of these new people and different people, to come to a new environment where I'm hearing that exact same thing, it was really just detrimental to my confidence. First Samuel 16:7 says, But the Lord said to Samuel, Do not consider his appearance or his height, for I have rejected him. The Lord does not look at things that people look at. People look outward at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. I was comp- I was comparing myself to other people because I did not understand that God didn't look or God didn't think that I was beautiful because of my appearance, but he thought I was beautiful because of my heart. I was constantly comparing myself to older girls and just girls in general everywhere. Um, I got to high school and I was still weird, but the boys stopped calling me ugly, so I had that to hold on to. And then a popular older boy asked me out, and I'm sure we all know how this goes, but um, he compared me to all of his female friends. He compared the activities I did, the way I dressed, and the people who I hung out with. But I wanted to impress him, so I started to change myself. And then I went to a party with him, and I started going to more parties with him, and I drank. And in this altered state of drunkenness that I was in, I, uh, these older girls that I compared myself to complimented me. And it was so nice in the time, but there was such an emptiness in my heart, and I think it was the absence of God in that moment. Um, eventually, I took myself out of the partying crowd and out of, and out of that relationship because I was just a mess. Um, I started going back to church regularly, and I joined the internship. And I, I compared myself when I first went to Vision and when I did the internship, and I compared myself to everyone. But I, like, through my time in the internship, I realized that these people don't love me for the way I do my hair or the party I went to last weekend. They love me for my heart for God. Um, 1 Corinthians 13, verses 4 through 8 says this, Love is patient and kind. Love does not envy or boast. It is not arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own ways. It is not irritable or resentful. It does not, re- or it does not rejoice at wrongdoing, but rejoices with the truth. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never ends. As for prophecies, they will pass away. As for tongues, they will cease. And as for knowledge, it will pass away. Because of the changes God has made in my heart, I don't see beauty, I don't see people's beauty by their appearances, but by the way they hold their heart for God. And as I stand up here absolutely terrified, (laughs) I am so grateful to be in a room with full of such beautiful people. Thank you. Morning story side. I just want to say thank you to all the pastors for giving me this opportunity to speak today. Um, I'm also very proud of all my friends over there who just spoke. But I want to speak out of um, just like how God has changed my thoughts and how I think about church. Um, 
So when I first started coming to Storyside about three years ago, I thought of church as something I did because my parents expected me to. Um, most of the time, I didn't really feel like going. I would sit in the service and not be engaged in the message. I wasn't very open to people at the church on Sunday nights at youth group, and most of the time, I wouldn't want to be there. During COVID last year, when they canceled Central Youth Conference, StorySide allowed our youth group to have our own mini-conference. I remember that week I heard a speaker, and he encouraged us to stay on the right path and remember God is always with you, even times you feel like he isn't. Psalms 91, 14 through 15 say, Because he loves me, says the Lord, I will rescue him. I will protect him, for he acknowledges my name. He will call on me, and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him. That really made an impact on my life, knowing that God is always working in it. After that week at the mini-conference, I really made a connection with God, and that led to me wanting to go to youth group and excited to wake up for church on Sunday morning. I kept going to church and youth group, excited to meet new people and get closer with God. During the school year, on Sunday nights, I had my small group with Trey and Gannon, and they really challenged me to uh, grow on my relationship with the Lord and talk about some of the problems I was dealing with. I began to realize that these relationships are important to help me be, or to be accountable and stay on the right path. There are so many different directions the world tries to pull you into, and having leaders that can um, refer to some of the problems I had really helped me out. Then the summer came, and I wasn't too sure about giving some of my summertime away and time with friends to doing internship, but it was probably the first week of camp um, for internship, and I remember hearing Pastor Lonnie speak, and he said something about God wants to change your history, and that really spoke to me because and I, or I realized that he has more for me than what I've had in my past. God wants more for me than just sitting in church on a Sunday morning not engaged. Um, and being at a church camp with friends and leaders and worshiping God with them, I really started to feel his presence. And with comfort zone, or in stepping outside of my comfort zone, and I made new relationships with people, served around the church, and I learned that serving with others honors him. I challenge you to consider the abundant life he has for you, too. Thank you. Good morning. Good morning. Hello, my name is Katie Reynolds, and I am 18 years old. I am a senior at Colonel Crawford High School, and a fun fact about me is I love to golf. I really appreciate the opportunity to be speaking with you all today. I have been attending StorySide since I was born. I was actually dedicated in the basement bar room of the Park Place Hotel downtown Mansfield. <laughs> my mom has pictures of me raising my hands in praise and worship when I was a little girl. I sang a solo on stage here when I was five, and I asked Jesus into my heart in the, old in the old auditorium during a family communion night. I have an unbelievable testimony. 
God spared my life from a serious four-wheel accident on July 18, 2012, when I was nine. Even though I was wearing a helmet and going slow, I rolled my four-wheeler and suffered a depressed skull fracture that the doctors said should have taken my life. God has always been by my side and in my heart, but I have not always been close to him. I have always felt loved and supported by Pastor Micah, Pastor Angel, and several other special people here in our Storyside Church family. They have really been here for me and my family through the good times and the tough times in our life. My family has been extremely involved at times and at other times has struggled to be consistent in our attendance. We have left and come back several times and that made me feel sad because I felt like I missed out on some fun times with some really close friends. When we came back a few years later, I felt a little left out. Even though everyone was super nice and welcoming, I refused to be involved. But this summer, everything started to change. My mom drugged me, kicking and screaming, like literally, to internship the first day. I did not want to come or be involved. Looking back, I feel really silly for acting like I did. I even went to youth camp, which was amazing. This summer, I have stepped out of my comfort zone and grown in my confidence. I have made new friendships with Christian kids my age and have really enjoyed getting to know some of the several younger children through helping with Storyside Kids and Vacation Bible School. I have also made positive relationships with supportive leaders of the church who have encouraged me, prayed with me, cheered me on, and have made me feel very special. I feel helpful, valued, and more connected than I did before, all because I am committed to attend, to help, and to be more involved. I am more joyful and less hateful to others, especially my family. Not only am I coming to church more regularly, I am growing in my worship and am more giving of my time. Although I am growing stronger in my relationship with God, I feel like the next chapter of my story is just beginning. God has made a big difference in my life. He has really changed me. Philippians 4.13 says, I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. This verse is very special to me because it reminds me that God gives me strength even when I feel weak or unsure of myself or in a new situation. I believe God can give you the strength when you need it too. Thank you. Good morning, everyone. Uh, well, my name is Peyton Hoskins. I'm 15 years old, and I'm currently going to Clear Fork High School, and I'm going to be a sophomore this year. And yes, ladies, I am single. <laughs> uh, I just want to thank you all for giving me this opportunity to speak to you today. I really appreciate it. Now, raise your hand if you ever talked to someone, you ever wanted to talk to someone about God and you were just afraid to try and bring them to church. 
God has helped me with my courage to try and talk to others and bring them to God. When I was younger, I was always shy and afraid to talk to people. I was always the quiet one in class, and I never really talked to people. I didn't really have many friends, and I just I sat in the back corner most of the time. But during this year at internship, I felt a change, and God told me to start making more friends and start to try to bring new people to church and new people to him. So I did. I made a change, and I started bringing one of my friends to church, and I actually saw him start his journey with God, and I got to see him start his faith, and I saw him come to God and give his life to the church. So now, every time I'm talking to a new person, I think of this verse. It's Second Timothy verse 1, 7, I think. Uh, For the spirit God gave us does not make us timid, but gives us power, love, and self-discipline. I use this verse anytime I'm talking to someone just to know that God gives me the strength of mind and just to know that I can do it. If they say no, just keep trying, you know. No matter what, if you keep asking and keep pestering them on and on and on, they're going to say yes eventually, you know. So I'm just thankful for God changing me during this year, this past year. And I just want to thank you all for listening to me this morning. Chloe Lewis. I'm 16 and I go to Clear Fork High School. I'd like to thank Pastor Micah and Pastor Angel for giving me the opportunity to speak to you all this morning. And today I'm going to be talking about how God has helped me to grow in my confidence. Many times in my life I didn't have confidence, whether it be at school or at work or even here at church. I just didn't really have confidence to get through everyday things. In Hebrew 13, 6, it says, So we say with confidence, the Lord is my helper. I will not be afraid. What can man do to me? This verse really helped me to understand that we need to have confidence in God because he only wants to better us. The definition of confidence is the feeling or belief that one can rely on someone or something or to have firm trust in someone or something. I used to think that confidence was just being okay with what happened in life, But now I know that having confidence in God is trusting him with every single aspect in my life. After growing in my relationship with God, I've become much more confident in the ability to get through everyday things. One of the things that has really helped me to grow in my confidence is having a job. As a waitress, I've met a lot of different people, and it has helped me to see people through God's eyes. It has also helped me to see that everyone has a meaning. Having confidence in God has really helped me to deal with those people and have many meaningful conversations with them. In Hebrews 10, 35 through 36, it says, Do not throw away your confidence, for it will be richly rewarded. 
You need to persevere so that when you have done the will of God, you will receive what he has promised. Another thing that I really struggled with was discovering my purpose. But by serving in the kids area, I have really been able to discover my calling at this time in my life. It has helped me to have confidence in my future working with kids and knowing that God has my future planned out. Reading my Bible has also really helped me to grow in my confidence. It has helped me to see that God had a plan for every single person's life and how his plan always works out better than ours. In Exodus, I really love the part about Moses and the parting of the Red Sea. Moses wasn't really sure how he was going to lead the Israelites away from Pharaoh, but by putting his confidence in God, he was able to lead the Israelites away. The last thing that has really helped me to grow in my confidence is being around other believers. Seeing what God has done in other believers' lives has really helped me to have confidence that God has my future planned. In closing, I have found that having confidence in God will get you much farther in life than having confidence in earthly things. Thank you. All right. Good morning, Storyside Church. How are y'all doing this morning? Starting off, I would like to thank the pastoral staff and the Storyside staff for giving me this opportunity and allowing me to speak with you this morning. My name is Aubrey Buford. I'm 14. I go to Lexington High School. I've been attending Storyside Church for about seven years now, all the way back to when this was City Church. I know some of you guys remember that. You see me serving in the kids' ministry or even on the student worship team. By the way, I heard the joke. Why did the blonde climb over the glass wall? So she could see the other side. <laughs> okay. <laughs> For today's message, I'm going to be talking about the bad influences in my life and how, has, how God has guided me away from them and how trusting him has helped me Throughout the past few school years, I was surrounding myself with the wrong crowd. They were focused on the wrong things. They worried about how other people viewed them, and they wanted constant validation from boys. They needed to have the perfect lives, or at least look perfect. Most importantly, they did not attend church, and they did not believe in God. This made me not enjoy church as much. I stopped wanting to come to services. I constantly felt like they were leading me down the wrong path. I, had a, it, I feel like it had a major impact on my attitude. I became insecure, and I felt like I needed to be perfect for others to like me. Eventually, I came back to church. I started internship again. I attended the student summer camp. I got to talk to one of my leaders about my situation. They told me that I needed to pray about it and let God work things out. Now I'm surrounded by people who love me and have the same goals and expectations as me. So my question is, who are you surrounding yourself with in your life? I would like to share a Bible verse with you. Proverbs 3, 5. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. This verse means you have to trust in God to help you walk on the right path. You have to be open and let him show you where you need to be. You cannot rely on just yourself or what you think is the right way or even others to go on the right path. That reminds me, 
Did you know nine out of 10 people do not trust stairs? It's because they know they're always up to something. <laughs> Sorry, that was, that was really bad. <laughs> Anyways, here's my final thought for my message. Today I'm here to ask you what God has helped you with in your life. Are you allowing him to keep you on the right path? Are you seeking a relationship with God? And do you trust him? Thank you. Good morning, Storyside. My name is Damon Hoskins. I'm 13 years old, 14 in six days, and I'm, <laughs> I'm a freshman at Clear Fork. Now, let's talk about decisions. Raise your hand if you've ever made a bad decision. Everyone has made a bad decision. If you're not, you're lying. Now, raise your hand if you've ever been caught during or after you made that bad decision. Yeah. Why is it that we make these decisions even though we know they're wrong? Romans, set, Romans chapter 7, verses 14 through 20 states, We know that the law is spiritual, but I am unspiritual, sold as a slave to sin. I do not understand what I do, for what I want to do, I do not do, but what I hate, I do. And if I do, if I do what I do not want to do, I agree that the law is good. As it is, it is no longer I myself who do it, but it is the sin living in me. For I know that, it, that good itself does not dwell in me, that is, in my, in, in my sinful nature, for I have the desire to do what is good, but I cannot carry it out. For I do not do the good I want to do, but the evil I do not want to do, this I keep doing. Now, if I do what I do not want to do, it is no longer I who do it, but the sin living in me that does it. What this is saying is that we do not want to do the good, that we want to do good, but something keeps us from doing this good. And the bad we do not want to do, we are drawn to. This is because if we dwell on the bad decisions before us, it will consume the good decisions we want to make, causing us to keep making these bad decisions. Has anyone here heard of the wolf analogy, the old Cherokee wolf analogy? It's... It's the chief talking to his grandson about making good decisions and feeding the good wolf rather than the bad wolf. And we, we will feed the bad wolf the more we focus on the bad, causing the good wolf to grow weak because it will starve without attention. But if we feed the good wolf, the bad wolf will lose its power and influence. All of this tags along with character. Character isn't what you do when someone is watching. Character is what you do when no one is watching. What this means to me is that character is not solely based on the decisions we make in front of people, but the decisions we make while we are alone. 
One way to help yourself, to help save yourself, is to give your heart and body to Christ. This way, we can make it so that the spirit is in control and not sin. But even with this, sin is still within us. We have to make the decision not to let sin resonate within us and come out through our decisions. So, sin will show up when you, are, when you are least expecting it, so be careful of the decisions you make to not let the good overpower, to not let the bad overpower the good, and to make the decisions even when you are alone. Thank you, pastors, for this opportunity. Good morning, Storyside. <laughs> My name is Kylie Courier. I'm 16, and I go to Lexington High School. Um, I would like to take a minute to thank all of my pastors and my leaders for allowing me to give you the chance to talk in front of you today. Um, today, I'm going to be talking about opportunity. So I've been attending Storyside for about four months now. My boss, Sherry Johnson, actually brought me to the Good Friday service, and I've loved it ever since. Um, Last year in March, I unfortunately tried to take my own life. It resulted in me being in the hospital for two days. Um, the last time I remember being in the hospital, or I actually don't remember it because I was a baby, but uh, I was born at three pounds and 14 ounces, and I uh, had to be life flighted to Toledo Hospital because I couldn't breathe on my own. Um, and I remember that thinking that my mom had already lost two babies, um, from being born too early, and I believe that God uh, knew that I was going to grow up and follow in his way, and he wanted me to give you the opportunity to listen to my story. <laughs> um, when I got to the hospital last March, they gave me a bunch of medication, and I remember my mom standing in the room, and she was just staring at me. Um, they gave me Benadryl, and I remember that it worked super quickly, um, and as I was falling asleep, I was looking at my mom, and I thought, what did I do? Proverbs 4, verse 23 is, be careful what you think, because your thoughts run your life. At the time, I had a lot going on. My mom had just been diagnosed with cancer. Um, I was already in major trouble for something I had previously done, and I was a freshman in high school who had done every activity that you could think of, so I was constantly stressed. Um, everything in my, bad in my life caught up to me and I was overwhelmed. I soon got transferred to Nationwide and I was watched nonstop. Um, I wasn't allowed to be alone anywhere, not even in the bathroom, which is super embarrassing. Um, I wasn't allowed to go anywhere in the hospital except for my floor and the nurses would let me get up and walk around the halls a couple times uh, just so I could get my legs moving. Um, I remember looking out the window and seeing all of Columbus lit up with streetlights. And I even looked at the basketball court and I saw that it was still lit up and it was just, it was amazing. And I remember thinking that this is beautiful. And in Genesis verse, or I'm sorry, chapter one verse 10 said, and God called the dry ground land in the water seas and God saw that it was good. Now I chose this verse because it made me realize in that moment that why would God give me so much just for me to throw it away? Because I was in the hospital, I actually missed my last basketball team night. I didn't get my letter. I didn't get to hang out with my teammates, none of it. 
I don't play much anymore and I miss that opportunity that I won't get back. Because I did all of this, my life will never be the same. I miss the opportunity to be honest. I miss the opportunity to talk to God about my struggles. And I missed all the opportunities just because I had messed up. When I got home from the hospital, my uncle Anthony, who is actually a youth pastor down in South Carolina, asked me if I wanted to buy a Bible. I had a gift card to this Christian store that I hadn't used yet, and it was going out of business, so I said sure. I wasn't really into the whole going to church or reading the Bible thing, but some, like, it just made me go. I ended up getting a Bible and a devotional book, and he taught me how to read it, and he prayed with me, and he just helped me through my struggles. One of my favorite verses is Matthew 6, verse 34. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. If tomorrow has problems, then I'll deal with it. It is now a year later, and I'm the best version of myself that I have ever been. I am faithful, I am devoted, and I am someone who had and took the opportunity that God gave me into him and asked for forgiveness. My greatest opportunity is being able to be a child of God and to follow his way. Take the chances that are presented to you in your life because they come from him and they come rarely. I am so grateful that God allowed me to live and to be able to share this with you today. Thank you. Hi, my name is Chloe Cooper, I'm 14, and I'm a freshman at Colonel Crawford. I'm speaking about how your influences matter and how your influencing matters. I'm so thankful that Pastor Micah and Pastor Angel have given me this opportunity. Before I started coming to StorySide, I had myself surrounded with bad influences, people that didn't want the best for me. They were taking me down a path I never thought I'd go down. They destroyed my self-confidence and made me bitter. They were pulling me away from God and not drawing me closer. Even other people noticed that I wasn't the same version of myself. Ever since I started attending StorySide, my life has changed for the better. StorySide helped me surround myself with people that lead me, make my walk with Christ, and bring out the best version of myself. I now have the opportunity to serving kids at our Ontario location. I find myself being a good influence by helping kids to find Jesus. I want my role in kids' ministry to be that I guide and lead the children to God and his truth for their life. I want to be that person that they can model themselves after. I want them to see Jesus in me and desire what I have. I would not be who I am today without God and the good influential people he has placed in my life. Proverbs 13.20 says, Become wise by walking with the wise, hang out with fools, and watch your life fall to pieces. I chose this scripture because it best relates to my story, and I love the advice it gives as I continue my walk with Christ. I want to leave you with one last thought today. How are you influencing and being influenced? Good morning, StorySide. My name is Drew. I'm 14 years old. I have a... Oh, a picture's not up there. Okay. <laughs> I have a sister who's now living in Texas with her husband. I have scary but fond memories of her. 
Um, I live with... <laughs> oh, there it is. Yeah, she's trying to get me to be quiet. Um, I, live with my, I live with my single mom. There it is. Uh, who has always loved me and made sure that I managed to get to church. Um, from the age of nine, I asked God into my heart, and I was baptized here over in the river. Uh, later on, I had the opportunity to see my sister and her husband get baptized together, and my mom as well. Um, so, my family has always been such a great influence in my life of how I can be uh, closer to God. My grandma would always tell me Bible stories every night before I went to bed, and my, and she would also, every morning before I got on the bus, she would ask me, who lives in here, point to her heart, and I would just reply, God and Jesus. They showed me how important it is to be a Christian influence in someone's life. So who has been a positive Christian influence in your life? Who can you positively influence today? In Proverbs 27:17, it says, Iron sharpens iron, and one man sharpens another. It also says in Proverbs 13:20, Whoever walks with the wise becomes wise, but the companion of fools will suffer harm. Now, I know kids with a single parent can feel like there is something missing, but I really didn't because I know that the Lord provides just what I need. I was blessed with an amazing grandpa who has always shown me everything I can do to be closer to God. Um, I had positive influences all around me, at church, at school, or even at home. Recently, as an intern, I had the opportunity to go to a nursing home where I met a 98-year-old doctor who served in World War II and the Korean War. And if you can't already tell, I'm a bit of an old man at heart. Suit jacket says so. <laughs> uh, he told us that he didn't believe in God, but after we, pray, after we prayed for him and before he left, he had told us that he has been reading the Old Testament recently. And before we left the nursing home, a nurse had told us that there's this lady there who had been praying over him for the past few weeks now. I truly hope that he accepts the Lord into his heart. It really shows that the little things you do can bring someone to God. Never underestimate your influence or lose sight of your goals. The goal, of a, the goal as a Christian is to bring people to Christ. Who is a Christian influence in your life? Because without them, you may not be here today. It doesn't matter the age, uh, whether it was a nine-year-old boy like me or a 98-year-old veteran. 
It is so important to get people to Jesus. Spiritual influencers have a deep impact on a person's life. Without them, where would you be today? Thank you. What is up? Good morning, good morning. How's everyone doing? So I heard we've been talking about change today. So I was looking up jokes about change and I found a pretty good one, I would say. I woke up this morning and I find that overnight I changed into a cat. Don't ask me how. Uh, so I'm gonna be talking about how changing or how serving has changed my life. Growing up, I was dragged to church, sometimes metaphorically, sometimes physically. It doesn't, you know, getting dragged through the car. We would go from church to church trying to find where we should serve and like where we could fit in. After a few years of that, and we found Storyside. I got there, and I'm like, oh, okay, this is another one of those churches. Well, a few weeks in, um, I was asked to serve on lights. I, little did I know that that yes to lights would change my faith forever. When I've, as I was like, as I had gotten into that, the opportunities to grow in my faith had became apparent. I was shown different ways I can serve and like influences that can be poured in my life. Isaiah 6, 8 sticks out to me. It says, and I heard the voice of the Lord saying, whom shall I send? Who will go for us? Then I said, here I am, send me. This verse really sticks out to me just because it shows Isaiah's heart and his willingness to serve. When we hit our um, quarantine moment, I was asked if I would want to do filming just so everyone could see and stuff. And I was like, yeah, sure, just something to do. What, what did I know that that could be changed, changed me so much? Not only did I learn a skill with camera work, my faith grew tremendously. The influences in my life became stronger. Bad influences grew apart from them. It was just astronomical, the change in my life. Um, it is a, that change, the yes in my life has allowed closer relationships with me and a change for the better. My attitude has gotten better. I think before I do, I pray for guidance with my decisions. I reach out and share my faith for the all around me, and I've grown in all aspects of my faith. I have noticed an outward difference from my inward change. This internship in camp has really been an eye-opening experience with me. I have grown in so many relationships with those around me. I've had many eye-opening prayer moments. It is insane, all because of that one yes I had two years ago. As I'm finishing today, I want to leave you with one last thought. What is that yes today that you need for your faith? It could be serving, or it could be raising a hand during worship. It doesn't have to be serving. It could be anything. Just what is that yes that God is telling you today to say yes to? Thank you. What an awesome time hearing from all of our students today. Can we give it up one more time for all of our speakers this morning? It has been such a joy and an honor just to be able to watch you guys grow this summer, whether that's at summer camp or through the internship. 
uh, this summer or even on Sunday evenings at our student nights. It's been such an honor and a privilege just to see our students grow and their faith grow in their leadership. I love what they talked about today. The topic of today was change. Some of our students cha uh, shared how change took place in their confidence. Others shared how change took place in their mental, mental health, in the influences that we're speaking into their life, in their attitude. I'm so grateful for all the change that's taken place in the lives of our students this summer. As we get ready to pray today, I have a question for you. My question is this, what is the one thing that you want God to help change in your life? What is the one thing that you want God to help change in your life? Maybe today you came in the room and you've been struggling in your marriage and it's just not going the way that you anticipated. You're facing a lot of trials, a lot of hardships. Maybe today you came into the room struggling with a bad habit, struggling to break an addiction that seems insurmountable, that seems impossible to break. Maybe today you felt as they were speaking, you just felt compelled to start serving, to get plugged into the church, to start giving God your time, your talent, and your treasure. Or maybe even today you came in here discouraged, struggling in your mental health, struggling with a heartbreak in your life. What's that one thing for you today? You see, I don't, I don't know what your one thing is, but you know, and he knows. And guess what? If it matters to you, it matters to God. I've heard it said before that everything in your life may not change in one day, but one thing in your life can change today that will end up changing everything. I'm gonna say that again. Everything in your life may not change in one day, but one thing in your life can change right here, right now, today, that will end up changing everything. What's your one thing? today. As we begin to study and prepare for this weekend, I got to hear some of our students' testimonies, and I was drawn to a passage of scripture in Mark chapter 5. I just couldn't get away from it. it. It just began to stir my heart. In this passage, Jesus is on his way to perform a miracle. This guy approaches him, this father approaches him and says, my daughter is sick she is dying, Jesus. I need you. I need you to heal my baby girl. She's dying. Jesus, help. And so Jesus is on his way to perform this miracle when he encounters this woman. That's what I love about the God we serve. He performs miracles on the way to a miracle. That's the God that we serve. But in this story, the woman that encounters Jesus... She's been struggling with the issue of blood, which is the disease. She's had this disease for 12 years. Not one year, not two years, not even a decade, but she's had this disease for 12 years. That's a long time to struggle. That's a long time to wait for change to take place. And I can just imagine how frustrated this woman could have gotten. 12 years, you know how many days that is? That's 4,380 days. That's a lot of days to wait on something to happen. I can imagine at day 1,000, she may have been like, okay, I'm starting to lose hope here. 
day 2,000, day 3,000, she's questioning, is anything ever going to change? Am I ever going to be healed? Day 4,000, but day 4,380, everything began to change. The Bible says that this woman had suffered a great deal. It says that she was under the care of many doctors. She spent all the money that she had, but instead of getting better, it just continued to get worse and worse. She spent everything she had. She's tried to look for answers on change that take place in her life, and it just continues to go downhill. It continues to get worse. I can just imagine the frustration that this woman was feeling. And then she sees Jesus from a distance. And it's not like she could just go up to Jesus like, hey, Jesus, yo, man, I need some healing. Hook me up, man. That's not how it happened. There's actually, the Bible says that there was a large crowd around Jesus pressing around him. So I can just imagine it may have been very hard to get to Jesus when she's struggling with this illness. She's suffering and, and she's feeling pain, but she came to a crossroads when she saw Jesus. There was an obstacle in front of Jesus. She could have made two choices. She could have chose comfort. She could have chose just to continue to feel sorry for herself. She could have just chose what was familiar. She could have chose, okay, you know, I'm just kind of worried what people think about me. I don't really want to approach Jesus like that. There's a lot of people around him. She could have chose comfort or she could have chose change. And here's the thing. She couldn't choose both. She had to make a decision. And so this woman sees Jesus and she thinks to herself, if I could just touch the hem of his garment, I would be healed. If I could just touch his cloak, I would be healed. And so she makes her way to the crowd. She's pushing people out of the way. She gets to Jesus and she touches his cloak. And at that very moment, she's healed. The Bible says that when she touched his cloak, Jesus felt the power leave him. Jesus turns to his disciples and says, who touched me? And his disciples are like, yo, man, chill out. There's a lot of people around us. I don't know who touched you. It could have been anyone. Probably everyone has touched you at this point. Jesus said, no, no, like for real, who touched me? And this woman began to just share her testimony and say, Jesus, I was, it was me who touched you. When I touched you, I was healed in an instant. And Jesus says to her, he says, take heart for your faith has healed you. I can just imagine it might have been hard for this woman to get to Jesus, but guess what? Desperate people do desperate things. When you're desperate for change, when you're desperate to get in the presence of God, you will do desperate things. So as we get ready to pray today, and you come to that crossroads of making the decision of comfort or change, my prayer for you today is that you would choose change, not familiarity, not walking in the ways of the world, but you would just choose change. And often the most important step you can take is just that next step. That next leap of faith. I think a lot of times we're really good at looking back at what happened a week ago, the mistake that we made two years ago, the bitterness and the unforgiveness we held on to five years ago. But I'm here to tell you today that the most important step you can take is the next step towards change. Taking that next step in your face. So could I just encourage you, bring your need to Jesus today. Bring your struggle to Jesus today. 
bring the mental health that you've been struggling with, bring that to Jesus today. Bring the insecurity or the low self-esteem or the low confidence you've been dealing with, bring that to Jesus today. No problem is too small for God and no problem is too big because he can move mountains. He can do it. He's done it before and I believe that we're going to see him do it again. When you bring your need to Jesus, when you bring your burdens, your anxieties to Jesus, Jesus is a game changer. So as we pray today, we just bring your need to Jesus this morning. Can we bow our heads across the room? God, we thank you so much for this day. We thank you for just the powerful word, word that was spoken from all of our students. We thank you for all the life change that took place for them this summer as they served, as they prayed, as they worshiped, as they connected to your presence, God. But God, in the same way, we are desperate for change to take place, whether that be in our family, whether that be in our finances, whether that be in our heart, we're dealing with heartbreak, whether that be in our mental health. God, whatever it is today, God, we are desperate for change. God, today we are taking that next step. We are taking the step of faith. God, we walk by faith, not by sight. God, we believe that you can change things in our life, God. And when we get to that crossroads where we have to choose comfort and familiarity, or change, God, we're going to choose transformation. We're going to choose change, God. And we know true change, eternal change happens in your presence, and it's by your power. It's not by our, our might. It's not by our strength. It's not by our own doing, but it is by your spirit, God. It is by your stripes that we are healed. So, God, today we are seeking true life change today. God, if we hold on to the promise that your word says that you work all things together for the good of those who love you. God, we pray today and we believe today that you are working all things together for good. God, we know that you are for us and if you be for us, who on earth can be against us? The, the gates of hell cannot stand against us. God, you are with us. You will never leave us. You will never forsake us, God. So we stand on your promises today, believing for something good to take place, believing for change to happen in our lives, in our relationships, and in our families, and in our faith. God, we believe for change to take place because you are a wonder-working, way-making, promise-keeping, never-failing God. And God, we just believe in you today. We put our trust in you today, God, and we have faith for what's next. God, today we give you all the glory, all the praise, and all the honor. And the church said, amen. Can we give it up for Jesus one more time in this place?